Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. And thank you again for your patience as we connect you with guests all over the country. Sometimes we encounter some system issues or connectivity issues, and we are trying our best to bring you the best audio quality that we can. So thank you for that. Today's episode, again, is another great one in that we are going to continue our partnership with the National Pressure Injury Advisory Panel, or NPIAP. And this podcast is part one of two. We are going to be exploring what happens when wheelchairs and skin mix. And so what are these quote unquote wheelchair wounds and what do we do with them? How do we prevent them? How do we treat them, etc. And so to do that, we are having our host, Renee Pollen, our my co-host, and we all know that Renee is all things wounds. And she is going to talk to three members of the Corporate Advisory Board for NPIAP. We've got Anna Encho, Kara Coplin and Stacy Mullis to share their expertise on this topic. So, Renee, over to you. Welcome to RN Huddle. This is your co-host, Renee Pollen, and I am excited to have three experts today from the Corporate Advisory Council with NPIAP. They work for Permobile, a premium manufacturer of complex rehabilitation technology namely manual wheelchairs, power wheelchairs, and seating products for these specialty wheelchairs. They are experts in the seated posture for individuals they serve who use wheeled mobility full-time to perform their daily tasks. Being seated full-time, this population is inherently at risk for pressure injuries and are going to share their insight and expertise with us today. I would like to introduce these experts, Anna Encho, who is an occupational therapist and is lymphedema certified. Stacy Molis, who is also an occupational therapist and certified in assistive technology. And Kara Coughlin, who is a materials engineer and engineering chair of the U.S. ANSI Resna Wheelchair and Related Seating Standards Community and U.S. expert to ISO Wheelchair Seating Standards Committee and U.S. ISO Liaison to the ISO Liaison for the European Wheelchair Standards Working Group. Oh, there's a mouthful. (laughs) It is. Wow, quite the team here. I'm so excited. We are lucky to have all three of you at once. Welcome to RN Huddle. Thank you. Thanks. We're glad to be here. Fantastic. So, okay, first of all, let's let our learners know a little bit about Permobile and how your team has participated with the NPIAP initiatives. Yeah, thanks, Renee. This is Stacy speaking, by the way. Yeah, we are, as you mentioned, we're a manufacturer of wheelchairs and seating products. And so the people that we're serving are seated full time. And like you mentioned, they're inherently at risk for pressure injuries. Well, we understand that wound care is a specialty area of practice. And we wanted as a company to learn more about how we can enter into that world and and offer our seating expertise. And so we've spent the past several years attending wound care shows and as exhibitors and as speakers. 
And, you know, we've been involved with, as you mentioned, the Corporate Advisory Council with the NPIEP. And what we've learned in all of our experiences is that there isn't a lot being taught about the seated posture. And that often some of these wound care clinicians, they are just not confident when it comes to dealing with a person who's in a wheelchair, who has a wound, and what to do about that and what is best practice. And since it's an area that hasn't you know, been talked about a lot, that's, that's where we've come in. We feel like mm-hmm. we have that expertise that, that we can share and we've been committed to developing resources for these wound care professionals. So we've spent the past couple of years creating courses and, and resources and then you know, doing things like this, talking with you today. And, you know, many of our listeners are very familiar with the fact, like you said, those at risk or who have a pressure injury must have some sort of cushion in place for their chair. So in addition to limiting maybe time in the chair, one to two hours, depending on what's going on with the patient, there is this balance of needing them to get out of bed, but then also not compromising blood flow in the seated position. What are your thoughts on this and what more can we do for our patients? When it comes to looking at the cushion, this is one of the the misconceptions that I think the three of us on this call today for sure have, have heard is that when there is someone with a wound, they're seated in a wheelchair, that the first thing to do is to look at the cushion. And certainly it's important to look at the cushion, to look at what they're, what they're seated on. Um, but the greatest misconception or the thing that, that maybe doesn't happen as often as it should is looking at the entire seating system. So a support, when we talk about support surfaces, we think of mattresses, we think of cushions, but if you think about the seated posture, the support surface isn't just the cushion. There's also pressure being distributed through the legs, the feet, the back, Um, So it's important when we're looking at the seated posture and we're wanting to get somebody out of bed safely to look at the wheelchair system and how the pressure is being distributed throughout the body instead of just at the seat surface. I'd like to add to that, actually. Um, This is Anna speaking now. And I think Stacey made some really great points that while someone is in the seated posture, that you know, there's, there's many areas of the body coming in contact with the wheelchair system. And we have to start understanding that it's beyond the cushion, right? And I always make this joke, but I always say, you know, we can't walk out into the community and just wear a pair of pants. <laughs> we mm-hmm. have to have to put on a top. And it's the same thing. When we're looking at someone, we can't just worry about what's going on in the pelvis area. And I think that in the past, when people started using wheelchairs years and years and years ago, they didn't even have uh, cushions in the wheelchair system. So it was the cushion that kind of was developed first and was perfected first. And so it is normal that our brains kind of go to that area. But just like I said, we have to put a shirt on too. And we also have to think about what's going on throughout the trunk, throughout the head, throughout the arms, throughout the legs, and really start considering every piece of that puzzle when we're thinking about wheelchairs. And I think that brings us to another really good point is that this is a specialty area of practice. And this is important for us to understand as a nurse or a physician that, you know, that responsibility of choosing that equipment really should, you know, fall on the shoulders of a specialist in this area. 
and should really be a specialized therapist that can come in there and take a look at it. So, you know, don't, don't feel like as the, the, the doctor, or as the nurse, my goodness, I have to learn all about cushions and I have to learn all about all the support surfaces, like the back support and, you know, any type of postural, secondary postural support, you know, utilize the team and really look for a great therapist that can come in there and help you with that. Because beyond just the equipment inside of the chair, it also has a lot to do with what is the base? What kind of wheelchair am I putting them in? What is the configuration of the wheelchair so that I can allow someone that maybe does have a wound, but is a professor at a university and they can't just be in their chair for one to two hours. Let's create a system that allows them to, to be in that chair for four to five hours, which is what they need and decrease the risk of pressure injury from occurring or even helping the, the pressure injury that exists to heal. Yeah, very good points. And let's explore the, the role of the therapist that you're saying who is appropriate and you know some facilities are limited on who they have on staff so what would you recommend i'll start with that question you know i think that the the best recommendation that i can give to anyone because you're right there's a lot of facilities there's a lot of hospitals there's a lot of seating clinics that maybe don't have a specialized therapist in seating and positioning And so I think the NPIP has done a fantastic job in their 2019 clinical practice guideline of really laying out what should we be doing as an organization at that organizational level. And they did a really good job of just saying, educate, (laughs) making sure that you bring your facility, whatever type of facility it is, whatever type of organization that you're working for to, to top notch. You've got to make sure that you bring in some type of system and, and make some type of process within your, your organization to make sure you're doing the right thing from screens all the way to the referral process. And if you do not have the staff that has that education level or that knowledge base, and they actually say this in one of their recommendations, then put in a process to get them there, provide the education that they need. So I always say education, education, education. There's plenty of courses out there. There's plenty of specialized therapists. Really start looking at where the holes are within your organization and filling those gaps. So I think taking a a good first step would be looking at the recommendations from the, the guidelines and really thinking about what can we do to fill in those gaps and get that, that staff educated. And, and I think that, like I said, this is just a good, great first step. So with the resources or education, if there was a facility or, you know, a learner here that's listening and wondering, okay, where do I start? Is there maybe some type of education or webinar or some course? Where, where would you direct them to? The MPIAP side, I would assume. Well, we actually at Permobile, we have a couple of different series that we have developed specifically to teach therapists on seating and wheeled mobility. And we're currently, actually, Anna is working on three courses that are directed towards nurses relating to seating and wheeled mobility. And so Permobile would be a great place for any listener to go to, permobile.com, to request more information on our education options, or they can reach out to us directly as well. And would this education include, you know, the maintenance of some of these cushions? Because that's, I know, always, you know, another task to keep up with in different facilities, especially if they're air-filled. 
Yeah, the courses that that I was just referring to are more principle based. So mm -hmm. it's more the the principles to understand, but we certainly do have information on how to care for a cushion or maintain a cushion. And when it comes to that piece of the puzzle, Renee, I would, again, I, I think Anna mentioned the team, you know, and we in healthcare, we're used to working as a team with the physicians, the nurses, the therapists, and in this case, when it comes to seating and wheeled mobility, there's another team member that's important to understand, and that's the supplier. So there are different types of equipment suppliers out there, and some provide more basic level equipment, and other suppliers provide more specialized type equipment. Those types of suppliers typically employ an assistive technology professional. And when we're talking about seating and wheeled mobility, it's, it's really good to work with a supplier who has an assistive technology professional or ATP for short mm -hmm. on staff because they are specialists on the equipment side. So they bring that piece to the seating team. So we've got our physicians, nurses, therapists, but another team member that's really critical is the ATP because they can then bring that expertise of the product. They can train the end users, they can train the caregivers on proper maintenance and, and use of the product. So I think Anna alluded to it, like that's kind of the, the nice part of working as a team is that we can each bring our expertise and it's not all on one person to know everything. I would like to add to that, this is Kara. Permobile has also worked with NPIAP to develop a pocket guide to bring attention to all of these questions about cushions and seating systems and what the clinical practice guideline has to say about that. We pulled out those details from the 2019 guideline and put them in this guide, and that's part of it. And then it, it also describes the different management techniques for the seated person that are included in the guidelines, like to immerse and envelop the body and or offload it. But then taking it a step further and answering some of those questions that you asked, Renee, like who do you call? What is the decision-making process? Where should you turn if you don't have that expertise in your facility? So this is available for free on the NPIAP website and Permobile can also send a hard copy if uh, that's preferred over an electronic one. So we're, we're really pleased about that collaboration. I think that's a great starting point for anyone with questions about seating and, and pressure injury prevention. Yes, definitely on the MPIP site. Yeah, you could download it, print it off. It's, it's fabulous. And um, it really, like you guys have mentioned, looking at the whole, whole picture of the patient in the seating position, you know, not just throwing a cushion in place and knowing where the feet are located. And so when you're talking about back support, you mentioned that sometimes there's a concern of putting a pillow behind their back, but maybe that would cause too much pressure on the sacrum or the coccyx area. Is there tips on um, that strategy as well? Because I know it's an interprofessional team effort, it seems like coming together when working with patients in the seating position. So when it comes to figuring out what equipment, what's the best fit for someone. I think the most important thing to understand is that we're all different, right? 
and and I'm going to make a joke, but we have a, a friend and a colleague that used to say all the time, you know, there's a butt for every cushion and a cushion for every butt. And it's the same for the back support, the same for the head support. We're just all so different. And it is impossible. And you definitely should kind of raise an eyebrow if someone tries this with you. But, you know, it's impossible to say that this specific cushion or this specific back support is perfect for everyone because it's just not true. Right. And some people have bonier prominences. Some people have a little bit more tissue. So you just have to look at that specific person. So we always say that when you're looking at the equipment, you have to think the key word is adjustability. How can that equipment be adjusted and changed and changed again to accommodate or correct whatever that person's issues are? So yes, by just kind of putting a a pillow behind someone, it's not going to do the trick, right? You really have to look at what is this person's posture? What is the, the curvature of their spine, of their, of their pelvis? Um, what do their bony prominences look like? How much residual tissue do they have? And really fit the equipment to that person. And so there's a lot of equipment out there that through whatever it is, is constructed with, you know, we have some back supports, for example, that use a cable system. We have others that use aluminum multiple stays, we, you know, bone products air products that can be adjusted and readjusted to put pressure in an area that didn't have pressure placed before to kind of fill in gaps and then also relieve pressure where something's really digging into the back support or really digging into the cushion. And that's what's key to understand is that you need to look for products that have that adjustability so that you can reconfigure something to everyone's specialized shape and need because everyone is so drastically different. Great. What other recommendations can you three provide to a facility that may have many in-house acquired pressure injuries or has done poorly on, you know, maybe their, their quality indicators, they're concerned about their state survey didn't look so good when it comes to pressure injuries and wound management. What would you suggest? I think that's going back to the point that I made before is that this, and Stacy mentioned it at the very beginning, when it comes to seating and positioning, this is a specialty area of practice. And many people think that therapists go into school and we are taught this and we are, you know, this is something that is ingrained in our heads, how to position someone correctly. And it's just not the case. And it's the same for nursing, the, the nursing world as well you know, they go to school and they don't come out a WCN. They don't come out with that specialty area. That's something that they have to look for, that they have to to study and and get the certification and become specialists in. And it's the exact same thing with seating for therapy. Mm -hmm. So it is important to understand that, again, at that organizational level, look at your gaps. What don't we have on staff? Do we not have a seating specialist that really feels confident in this area? And if we don't, let's make them that. You know, anyone can go through and get the specialty education, start to feel more confident. And that is important is to to choose someone to become that person. And I think a lot of times, especially in, in generalist settings, like the nursing home setting, like the hospital setting, you have a lot of therapists that are asked to kind of be a specialist in a lot of different areas. You know, they're dealing with stroke patients, so they have to be a neurological therapist, and then they're dealing with someone who has had some kind of injury. Now they have to be an orthopedic therapist. Then they they have someone who has a a seating need. Now they have to switch gears again and be a a specialty 
seating therapist, and it's just a lot to take on, right? Mm -hmm. So it really is identifying the need within your organization to find one person to, to take that and, and to own it and give them the opportunity for that education because you're never going to do great on state surveys. You're never going to start to solve the issue until you start to learn who's at high risk for pressure injuries, understanding that it's more than just a cushion, understanding that it's the entire seating system, and then giving them and empowering them with tools through the education to start doing that well. So for those facilities that are getting a lot of penalties and they're doing poorly on state surveys, I would say you're going to have to go back to the organizational level and, and look at filling in that gap again. And, you know, I just want to step in. This is Stacy, just on a practical level. So I think Anna is spot on in terms of recognizing a need and then equipping therapists to meet that need. But in the meantime, <laughs> like, what do you do while you, you know, when you don't have somebody trained yet, or you work in a wound care clinic without a therapist, and you don't even know if there's a local seating clinic, like, what practically should a clinician do? And, and I go back to, and this is from my own experience, when I first started out, when I didn't know anything about seating, I called a supplier who had an ATP on staff, and I relied on their expertise. That's a good approach. If you're stuck and you don't have somebody that is equipped yet, then reach out to an experienced supplier. So somebody who has an ATP on staff and tell them, just say, hey, I have this client and they have a wound. I'm not sure if I need to change their equipment or not. And they'll come in and they'll, they'll problem solve through it with you. Um, but utilize their expertise while you're learning yourself or while your team, your organization is training somebody up. Absolutely. And I'm going to just make one more point, which I think is so critical. And I think, again, the NPIP did a great job of this in the clinical practice guideline is kind of switching gears from being reactive after a pressure injury has occurred and being more proactive to start identifying people at risk. So, you know, you're starting to see a lot of in-house acquired wounds within your organization. I think we probably have to start back from scratch and say, okay, did we miss something here? Did we miss, you know, looking at the population that we serve, do we need to do a better job of re recognizing who's at risk to begin with? And they did a fantastic job of laying out risk factors. And I think my favorite quote in there is that they say that the number one contributing and compounding, you know, factor for pressure injury development the risk factor is immobility. And when you think about seating and positioning, that pretty much is everyone, <laughs> right? I mean, you wouldn't be a wheelchair user if you didn't have some type of mobility limitation. So they really are laying it out there for us that when you're dealing with a population that, that is a wheelchair user, and then look at everything else that's compounding that, they, they're dealing with comorbidities, diabetes, circulation issues, you know, and then if you start to get into the geriatric population on top of that, they're having the natural age-related changes of the skin integrity. So we need to start looking at our, the population that we're serving within our systems and say, 
okay, we need to start doing better at screening from the very get-go, performing more quarterly screens, more annual screens, as soon as someone comes into our care, and recognizing these risk factors that the NPIP has laid out for us and realizing that pretty much everyone that's a wheelchair user is going to have some type of risk factor that would then warrant the need for a skin protection product. So we kind of have to switch gears and stop just looking at cost and trying to just put anything under them. We need to start putting quality products, products that are built with skin protection properties to be more preventative and proactive to minimize the risk of the pressure injury from occurring. And in the past, what we've done is we kind of waited till it happened and then started to treat it. And then be a lot more expensive too. Yes, absolutely. A lot more. So, well, thank you. Um, This was fantastic and a lot to take in when it comes to thinking about our protocols and definitely some great tips on how to approach posture and seating guidelines. We hope our listeners today will take a peek at the clinical practice guideline on the MPIAP site, and we will also link it on our RN huddle to the pocket guide. Thank you, Anna, Stacy, and Kara for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We look forward to another talk with all of you for part two of the Promobial MPIAP podcast. Follow us as we continue to discuss appropriate seating interventions for our patients and then the funding aspects for these various devices and support surfaces. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. See you next time. Well, Renee, Anna, Kara, and Stacy, thank you so much for this discussion about wheelchair wounds and really giving us a good handle on what resources are available. It's really important to understand how these devices can affect skin. And so we really appreciate your sharing your expertise today. So that's all we have for today's episode of RN Huddle. I really hope that you'll join us for part two of this discussion when we really get into some of the nitty gritty of prevention and treatment. So please join us next time for another episode of RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.